Another Olympic boycott? U.S. President Joe Biden is considering it. This according to his conversation with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau last week. If there is no official delegation, it'll be the first American boycott since 1980. The 2022 Winter Olympic Games will be held in Beijing, and we're a little over two months away from the opening ceremony. But some are calling for a boycott as a result of China's human rights violations. That's not purely an American concern. Studies show that a majority of Canadians also support a boycott of the Games. Even with official boycotts, athletes from the two North American nations will still be allowed to participate. The Chinese government has replied that there will be a robust response against any country that boycotts. No one is entirely sure what that means. No matter what happens at the Olympics, Christians know we can confidently run our race by running to Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Here it is Tuesday, and we're sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, as we're in a series called The Faith of John Bunyan. Last week, we talked about the epic book written by Bunyan called Pilgrim's Progress. It's the best-selling Christian book in the English language after the Bible. So later in this program, we'll hear another reading from this timeless classic that tells the story of the Christian life as a journey with many highs and many lows. Yesterday, we spoke with Dr. Peter Morden from Spurgeon's College in London. He's a Bunyan scholar. And I asked him, why he thought Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress was so loved by people around the world. Bunyan writes as a pastor, and there's something about the idea of journey, the Christian life as a journey, going from the city of destruction to the celestial city, with all the twists and turns that happen along the way. And I think today people really connect with that idea of life as a journey. I think the characters are very real, very vivid, very beautifully drawn. Dr. Peter Morden from Spurgeon's College in London. His words ring so true. Bunyan wanted to encourage Christians in their daily walk with Jesus through this challenging world. I want you and me to get to know Bunyan better by going a little deeper into his life, more specifically, how he came to know God's grace through Jesus. When you get to know his story... It means reading Pilgrim's Progress that much more precious. In a moment, we'll look more at Bunyan's life and how grace changed his life because of his faith in Christ. Well, we've been so encouraged here at the ministry to hear from so many friends who've reached out to the ministry and asked for a copy, in some cases multiple copies, of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. This Illustrated Storybook is a faithful adaptation of the classic story that Bunyan wrote so long ago. The book is well-crafted with a cloth hardcover and gold foil print. It's a real treasure that'll last for decades to come. And everyone, I think, will be captivated as the story comes alive in a fresh new way. So, for your gift to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. This is the sort of Christmas gift that'll have an impact on the life of a child, as well as an adult, for years to come. So after the program, call us at 800 654 
800-65 Haven. Or go online. Look at the illustrations. Watch the video about the book and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And it's still not too late. We still have the Manger Mission box set with the storybook about the wise men and the wooden nativity. Encourage your family or a family you love to start a new tradition this Christmas that leads to Jesus. Ask about it when you call or watch the video explaining it when you go online. And now, sung by Aaron Hill, Sovereign Grace opens our time today.
If all you have is Christ, then you have everything. Amen? Amen. That was Aaron Hill singing All I Have is Christ from the Gathering Album by Sovereign Grace. Here on A Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. And this is our second day in a series called The Faith of John Bunyan. Now, last week, we spent time together looking to God's Word through the eyes of John Bunyan, through his timeless classic Pilgrim's Progress. This week, I want us to get to know Bunyan better by going a little deeper into his life. More specifically, how he came to know God's grace to us in Jesus. When you get to know his story, it makes reading Pilgrim's Progress so much more precious. Bunyan wrote about his conversation in a spiritual autobiography called Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. Or really, the original title was even longer. They did that in those days. The Puritans were experts at really long book titles. So the full title of Bunyan's autobiographical story is Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners or A Brief Relation of the Exceeding Mercy of God in Christ to His Poor Servant, John Bunyan. I think I better take a breath there. There is so much packed into that not-so-little title. If the verse part sounds familiar, it's from two verses in the Bible. Let me read them to you from the King James Version, which, if you're like me as a young child, that's how I learned Scripture. It's helpful to read these verses from the King James because it's closer to Bunyan's English than our modern versions. First, there's 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul called himself the chief of sinners. And Bunyan, like all of us really, could say the same. The second verse is 2 Corinthians 9.8, just the first half. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That's where Bunyan gets the title for his testimony. He was the chief of sinners, but he experienced God's grace abounding toward him in Christ. That title really gives a good example of how we ought to see our relationship to God and God's redeeming work toward us. So does the second half of the title, Exceeding Mercy to Poor Humble Servants. Has a ring to it, doesn't it? God's mercy and grace is the freest We might even say the most outlandish gift we could ever receive. We should be ripping the wrapping paper off that gift like maybe we saw our kids and grandkids do at Christmas. You know, if you just stop and think about it enough, I believe tears of joy can come to you. But often they don't. I know I struggle to receive this gift with the joy I should don't we all? But why is that? God's mercy and grace, they're funny like that. It digs at our pride. It tells us that we need something we don't have. They remind us that we're missing something we can never muster for ourselves. We want to boast just a little, don't we? We want to believe that even ever so lightly, we have something good that we can offer God. We don't want his gift of grace to one-up our oh-so-great gift of living for him. Haven't you ever felt that way? I know I have. As we'll see, 
over the next couple of days. This was one of Bunyan's struggles, and I think we can all relate to his struggles. We've all been there. But until we see ourselves as poor servants, we'll never see the gospel of grace and mercy in Jesus shine in us in all its glory. Until we're able to say with the Apostle Paul, as well as John Bunyan, that we are the chief of sinners, we won't recognize that the whole point of the gospel is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He didn't come to save people who had something to offer. He came to save people who had nothing to offer. Let me read a few verses from God's Word that prove this point. We looked at them on a another program recently, but they're certainly worth repeating. I'm thinking of Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We also have a picture of this free grace of God toward his people in the passage where God gives his reasons for setting apart the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. Here's what Deuteronomy 7, 7 and 8 tells us. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Why were they set apart? Because they were more numerous or better qualified? Were they nicer? Were they smarter? Were they more moral? No, it was because the Lord loved them. It was because the Lord had made an oath. He made a promise, and God still keeps promises. He shows grace and mercy to poor servants who put their faith in the Savior. Jesus says, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. John six thirty seven. What do you have to do to be saved? Do you have to be better? Do you have to try harder? Not at all. We simply need to come. We simply need to say with Paul and Bunyan, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. It's not an easy thing to admit. It's humbling. It should be a little frightening, really, when we admit our sinfulness in light of God's holiness. But the work of Christ takes that fear away. Here's how Bunyan described Christ's work for us in Grace Abounding. He wrote that Jesus' head was crowned with thorns, his face was spit upon, and body broken, and soul made an offering for my sins. There's a scene in Pilgrim's Progress where the main character, Christian, is sitting around a table with other pilgrims, and they're talking about the Lord of the Celestial City, their Savior Jesus. Listen, as actor... Ted Staunton shares the scene. The table was laden with good things. Their conversation at the table was about the Lord of the Hill, what he had done, and how he had built that house. And from what they said, Christian perceived that he had been a great hero in battle. He had fought and slain the one who had the power of death, 
that is, the power to bring death to the whole human race. Yet he had accomplished this with great danger and suffering to himself. They said what Christian had already come to believe, that their hero had achieved victory over the enemy of the race by the loss of his own blood, and that he did it out of pure love for the country. Some of them at the table declared that they had seen him and talked with him since he died on the cross. And they implied they had this story from his own lips, that he has such love for pilgrims in this wilderness journey as is not found in any other person in the universe. They said that he had given up all his wealth and power, stripped himself of his glory, and made himself of no reputation that he might help the poor and sinful and provide for them a rich inheritance in a land of fadeless day. They recalled they had heard him affirm that he would not dwell in the mountains of Zion alone. They said, moreover, that he had made princes of many pilgrims who had been beggars. They sat and talked till late at night. Then, after they had prayed and committed themselves to their keeper, they retired for the night. Christian slept in a large upper room with a window facing toward the sunrise. The name of the room was Peace. He slept till break of day. Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris with a section from Pilgrim's Progress read to us by a Christian in Vancouver, British Columbia. He's English by birth, Ted Staunton. And what a great picture John Bunyan paints for us of Christ driving our fears away. The main character, Christian, sleeping quietly in a room named Peace. When we come to grips with the fact that we need Jesus and that Jesus has paid the price for our sins, that's when the Holy Spirit changes our hearts and gives us peace. The Bible gives us one such conversion story in the book of Acts. It's chapter 16. Paul and Silas were miraculously freed from prison, and the Philippian jailer is one question. The story goes, he then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately we're told he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Did you hear comforting words? The jailer has just seen the power of God and recognized that he needed to be saved. Like the character Christian, Bunyan's character in Pilgrim's Progress, he needed to flee from the wrath to come. But what did Paul and Silas tell him? They told the jailer, there's good news. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Well, I think we have much to learn from Bunyan because God showed him so much about his sin and the grace of God. Let's pray together. Let's ask God to teach us to rely on him more and more each day. Lord, thank you for your gift of grace and mercy. Thank you for your poor servant, John Bunyan, who you used to write not just 
a masterful novel of the Christian life, but to give us such a moving account of how your Holy Spirit drew him to the Savior. I pray for anyone listening today who hasn't felt that warm embrace of the Savior who said on the cross, it is finished, that you would draw that person to yourself. I pray that you would make all of us, believers and unbelievers alike, make us all admit that we need what only you can give, what you have given us in Jesus. Help us to see your grace abounding in our lives. And I ask this now in the name of our Savior, our hope, our peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. well-known Christian hymns of all times, sung for us today by the talented Booth Brothers. I'm Charles Morris, here on Haven Today, our second day in a series, The Faith of John Bunyan. 
And a special thanks once again to actor Ted Staunton for reading for us today from Pilgrim's Progress. I said this at the beginning of our time together. I've been really blessed to hear from so many people over the last several days who ordered a copy of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. This book is perfect to read with the children in your life. I remember how much my children were fascinated by it. They held on to every word. This epic tale will encourage your heart and drive you to further rely on God's divine wisdom in the various trials and joys that you're facing in life. Why don't you call us right now? Call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And as a thank you for your gift, we'll send you this cloth hardcover storybook with gold foil print. And your gift will help us keep sharing this great story of Jesus to others. But you can also visit us online, look at the illustrations, watch the video about the book, and then you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And just before we have to go, we still have the Manger Mission Activity Set with the storybook of the wise men and the wooden nativity that kids can play with. A fun tradition that points to Jesus, something every family needs this coming Christmas season. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me here on Tuesday. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It takes a real storm to scare a seasoned fisherman, and yet that's exactly what some of Jesus' disciples were. And yet one day, out on the Sea of Galilee, a storm came up that was so violent, they became terrified. And amazingly, Jesus was asleep during all of it. His disciples woke him up, and Jesus simply said, Quiet, be still, and the waves obeyed him. But here's something interesting. His disciples did not calm down. They were still terrified, but now for a different reason. They asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And you know, I think that's the right question. Who is this? You'll see Jesus more clearly through time in God's word. Visit GetAnchor.com.